0: This is The Social Savvy Geek Show with Laura Pensitencio on KDMT, Denver's Money Talk, 1690 AM.
1: Thank you for tuning in to The Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm glad you're here. Whether you're catching the live show or replay, thank you for listening. I'm Laura Pensatensio, and last show I talked about tailoring your book to your ideal reader's burning desire. Today, we will be talking about how to publish your book. We'll cover pros and cons of traditional versus self publishing and which you may want to consider for yourself. Spoiler alert, these are not the only options. This is an exciting time to be in the publishing industry. Authors have more ways to publish their books than ever before, like in the history of the world. Now is the time. Waiting through the options to, de- to decide which avenue is best for you can be intimidating. So I will cover the differences between traditional and self-publishing to help you figure out which is the best path for you. Think about how much time it takes to print or the time to print, control over your final book, royalties, prestige. These are topics that you're going to want to think and keep in mind there's no right or wrong answer. There is not. This is what works for you. And so if you think that I'm pushing you or suggesting that you take one route or the other, that's probably because it appeals to you. But I am honestly neutral. Like I I like all the ways, just so you know. I, uh, my first book has already been released and it's a multi-author anthology called The Light at the End of the Funnel. It's the brainchild of Danielle Fitzpatrick-Clark, one of my power partners. I was responsible for writing one single chapter of the book. This book is published through a small publishing house. I actually started writing a book on my own before this project came up, and I am talking to a publisher about that project. And if we go that route, it will likely be a hybrid deal where I maintain control over my marketing. I mean, look at me, I'm a marketer. So for obvious reasons, I want full control over my marketing. I'm also completely open to self-publishing, I have friends and peers who have tried all three of these methods, self-publishing, hybrid publishing, and traditional publishing. And all three are viable options. And not only are they viable options, they're all three uh, viable options for me. I'm open to exploring all the ways. I feel like it's an adventure. So much like the structure of your business, this is an area where you will have to make the final call and do what works best for you. There isn't a right or wrong answer per se. And this is something that has occurred to me when I was discussing with a publisher is I have more than one book in me. So just because you do it one way one time doesn't mean that's the way you do it every time. You could try all the ways and see what works best for you. This is This is still new territory for a lot of people, so you have to really go with your gut. You're listening to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pensitencio. You can download your free copy of our publishing infographic from socialsavvygeek.com forward slash podcast and follow me at Social Savvy Geek on Twitter. So there's one myth about publishing that I want to bust right now. Whether you traditionally publish or self-publish, you will have to do most, if not all, of your marketing yourself. Unless you are already an established author or famous in some other way, publishers are not going to spend valuable marketing dollars on you. These giant marketing campaigns and budgets are pretty much a thing of the past. Why do you think they want you to already have a platform in place? This is why they're asking you about your following when you're auditioning, as it were, to have a book. The people who follow you are already a built-in audience. They're ready-made sales. Of course, if you're listening to this show, you probably already know that you're going to have to do your marketing and I'm happy to help. This is my genius, so let me share it with you. A few tips to help your marketing before you publish your book. Build your following now. Do not wait. And this is regardless of which route you're going to take, it doesn't matter. Build your following now. Now, like today. And I mean immediately, like start if you haven't already. This is your platform. You've got social media. You've got your email database, your email list, which is a saleable asset for your business. It should always, always be a top focus. And then you've got speaking engagements. Blog on topics related to your book. So it will come as no surprise when my book comes out what it's about because it's about the same things I'm talking to you about show after show after show. It's going to follow a lot of the same formula and I'm going to tell stories in it. And if you're familiar with my show, you'll feel very familiar and comfortable with my book. It's not going to be like something shocking out of the blue. No, no. It's exactly what you expect from me when I do it right. I'm not going to say if because I'm going to do it right. (laughs) Already working on it's going to be great. Anyway, get your cover designed while your book is being edited and have it ready for your 90 day launch. So what that means is before you release your book before it's ready to go to print, as it were, you can have the cover ready so that you can start marketing your book pre sell it, pump it up. We don't want to wait until the day the book comes out to tell people you're doing it. That's not the way. All right. Get used to calling yourself a writer or an author. They are somewhat interchangeable. But if your clients refer to writers or authors, then refer to yourself the way that your ideal clients refer to you so that it meshes. And join a critique group and find beta readers that will help make your book better and it will help make you a better writer educate yourself on the craft of writing on the industry in general on current marketing trends which you're doing right now so don't change your dial Um, write the stellar book you have inside of you great content is way easier to sell this will help sell future books and courses and other things so once you start writing your book you're a writer right away. Before it publishes, you're a writer. So take it one page, one day, one chapter at a time, and you'll get the book written, Written, and you'll get ready for publication. And as you're going through this process, be aware of what you're talking about so that you can be thinking about your marketing as you go. Marketing should never be an afterthought. This is not an extra correct extracurricular activity it's not something we do for fun it's not intramurals this is part of the show See, this is super important because you're going you're if you're already doing this then you know this is a lot of time sweat and tears even though there's processes to simplify this it's not easy I was looking at my my one chapter for the book going uh you know 400 words was easy 600 was easy 800 was awkward a thousand was hard not because I was running out of things to say because I'm like, oh my goodness, Uh, I got to take a couple things out. You know, it's really what is the most important thing and how do you present it? So this is not easy, but you can do it. It's totally worth it. You know, they say, is the juice worth the squeeze? Yes. Yes, it is. So be thinking of the marketing so that you're not creating obstacles for yourself as you're going. Um, there's an outline to help you with that and we'll provide you with it so that you can get this handled in a way that makes sense to you. You're listening to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pensitencio. Find out more about me at socialsavvygeek.com. I'll share the pros and cons of traditional and self-publishing after this word from our sponsors.
0: Mark your calendars, boys and girls.
1: Social Media Day Denver
2: is coming soon. Every year on June 30th, social media fans around the world come together each year to celebrate the myriad of ways in which social media has radically changed our lives for the better. Join us at Social Media Day Denver, June 30th, 2018. Collaborate with influencers, leaders, and dynamic speakers. Social Media Day Denver is a full day conference full of recognized leaders in the social media industry, both locally and nationally. Don't want to miss out. Join us at Social Media Day Denver, June 30th, 2018, and receive exclusive insider social media knowledge, relevant and actionable content you can apply immediately into your business, make impactful connections and relationships for life, and meet and chat with the experts. This event is enlightening and fun for entrepreneurs and small business owners and anyone else who wants to be a part of this dynamic group of social media experts. Find out more at SocialMediaDayDenver.com.
0: What is all the buzz about with Boost Biz Ed? Known for the past eight years as Boost Denver to their regulars, Boost Biz Ed Denver connects experienced business educators who have a heart to teach with brave and talented business owners who seek to learn new skills in a free-to-the-public format. By attending these Boost Power sessions, small business owners and solopreneurs take away immediate, life-changing, actionable items that radically catapult their business trajectories. Please join them the first and third Wednesdays of each month from 9.30 to 11 a.m. That's downtown at the Spaces Ballpark. Location. See BoostBizEd.com for more details. With each Boost session you attend, you'll walk away empowered to apply specific action that will immediately improve your business. Who doesn't want to do that? Their speaker topics include leadership, sales, marketing, and other subjects vital to the success of any business. Boost BoostBizEd attracts great people. Networking happens naturally here, before and after all Boost sessions. Again, join them the first and third Wednesdays of each month from nine thirty to 11 a.m. downtown at the Spaces Ballpark location. See BoostBizEd.com for more details. Now, back to the Social Savvy Geek, Laura Pensatensio on KDMT, Denver's Money Talk, 1690 AM.
1: You're listening to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pensatensio. I'm sharing with you traditional and self-publishing pros and cons. Download your free publishing infographic to see which publishing method makes most sense for you. Visit the show notes at socialsavvygeek.com forward slash podcast to get yours now. I really enjoy saying podcast. It's a funny word. Podcast. (laughs) So if you're on the radio right now, you're like, what's this podcast business? Well, guess what? This show is on KDMT 6090 AM in Denver on the radio. And also it's in iTunes and Stitcher and wherever the Androids go to get their iTunes stuff. Um, And so it's super exciting. That's why I say podcast a lot. (laughs) All right, we're on a tangent. Back on track now. Most new authors are convinced that traditional publishing is the way to go before they complete their research. So I'll start there. Traditional publishing means your book is produced by a publishing company who typically specialize in your genre and category of book. There are textbook, picture book, genre, poetry, literary publishers, and more. Some publishers will allow you to contact them directly and um, about publishing your book, but others like the big five require that you have a literary agent represent you. So kind of like the music biz, but you're gonna need an agent if you're going after the top five and yeah. So submitting to publishers and agents, you'll need a submission packet. And for fiction, this means a one page query letter It contains your pitch, your book genre, and word count, um, comparable books, why it's a good fit for that agent or publisher, and your credentials. The first 10 pages or chapter of your book. Every publisher and agent wants something slightly different here, so be sure to read their guidelines carefully. So we're giving you general rules, but always, always read the submission uh, guidelines. A three to 10 page synopsis. You've got to reveal your ending in your your synopsis. synopsis. I can say podcast though. (laughs) So for nonfiction, this means uh, you need a book proposal up to 60 pages. It consists of three sections. Sales. What is your market and why are you the best person to write this book? A detailed outline of your book by chapters and a sample of your book. Do your research. Make sure the publisher or agent represents your type of book and is currently accepting submissions. Because if you're sending submissions, they're not accepting submissions, then it's just going to sit there in the virtual trash heap. Don't do that. All right. Most publishers and agents want submissions via email or online forms, but a few will still accept snail mail, like the US Postal Service. To find a publisher or agent, look at a current copy of the Writer's Market. Be sure to double check the information you find there with the publisher or agent's website. Agent's website, did I say that? Maybe. (laughs) Pros of traditional publishing. So this is the good stuff. You get the credibility of the publisher's name, depending on the publisher. Validation that your book is good from someone in the industry. Money up front in the form of an advance. You have a professional, like access to editors, book cover designers, and more work on your book without you having to pay them up front. Certain literary prizes are only available to traditionally published books. So if one of the reasons you're going that you're writing is because you want that prize, then this is the way to get that. Um, And then they format the book for you. So some of the cons of traditional publishing, you only make 7.5 to 15% of your royalties, and only after you've earned back your advanced. Advance. You don't get much say in your cover design or edits, and sometimes they flat do things you don't like, and it's just too bad. Most publishers don't do full development edits anymore, so you'll still have to take some, do some work, work, work. Once a publisher accepts a book, it typically takes one and a half to two years before it's in print. Now, for a lot of people in marketing, that is not super useful. Excuse me. Now, get used to rejections. Darkly Dreaming Dexter, the first book in the series the hit TV show Dexter is based on, was rejected by 100 agents and publishers before it was finally accepted. And I'm pretty sure we're all familiar with the Harry Potter Harry Potter saga like J.K. Rowling went hundreds and hundreds. And I think it was almost nearly a thousand rejections. Like she got multiple rejections from the same places. She just kept going. And then now we have Harry Potter. So happy ending for both of these people. But firstly, there's not always a happy ending. Not everybody actually gets the yes. But imagine how good these things are. If they'd taken no for an answer. Firstly, they wouldn't have got traditionally published. Secondly, there's now the option of self publishing. So many people new to publishing want a traditional publisher because they believe that will help them I'm making air quotes help them sell more books. This means marketing. But like I said earlier, traditional publishers do not put in much effort or money to market new or less well known authors. However, if you want the validation, prestige and reach of traditional publisher, it can be the right choice for you. Traditional publishing is still the best option for picture book authors, middle grade authors and textbook writers in particular. You're listening to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pensitencio. You can download your free copy of our publishing infographic from socialsavvygeek.com forward slash podcast and join us in the Social Savvy Geek Show Insiders Group on Facebook. Now let's talk about self-publishing, also known as indie or independent publishing. Self-publishing is where you go through a company like Amazon to release your book instead of passing through the gatekeepers in the publishing industry. So even if that was your first choice and you got no's, this is still available to you. When you do this, you format and upload your book, and when someone orders a copy, your book is printed and shipped to them or is downloaded on their e-reader. CreateSpace is Amazon's self-publishing branch. It's one of many options. Authors don't have to self-publish just through Amazon. If they want to get into bookstores, they need to also offer books through Ingram Sparks. So profit margins on eBooks, uh, you've got let's see 99 I could talk 99 cents to 298 you get 35% royalty if it's two ninety nine dollars to nine ninety nine, you keep 70% royalty and $10 and up you get 35% so you'll want to price it appropriately for your market but you can see all of these numbers are higher than what you get with a traditional publisher you keep more because it's your book and you published it um, print books you keep 30 to 40% of royalty depending on your production costs You get a deal as the author when you order copies of books for book signings and giveaways. So as the author, you can bulk purchase. Another neat thing about uh, print on demand where you order as few as many books as you want is you can customize parts. If you have a speaking engagement and you want to have a special cover, you can do that. So if you do a lot of corporate speaking engagements, that's something to consider. So pros of self-publishing. You have complete creative control over the content design. You can get your book within 24 to 48 hours of uploading it, and you make more royalties. You can quickly make changes if you find errors by uploading a new file. So if you find those typos later, or people are like, ah, you put the wrong word there, you can fix it. Um, Certain literary prizes are only available to indie authors. So if you want one of those prizes, this is the route. Again, if you're going after words, you've got to look at which award you want and see which way you need to go. Cons of self-publishing. You're responsible for editing, designing, and formatting your book. You're in control of everything. You have to find and pay editors, cover designers, and interior designers. Do not skimp here because if this is not your genius, you need to hire someone. A bad cover, a difficult to read layout, or lots of errors, it will harm your sales. It will harm your reputation. And it's just bad. Don't do that. Don't have a publisher's name backing you. And that matters still to some people. It's a prestige Um, And also, you don't get money up front. Until you sell your book, you don't get paid. So, you're paying money out to get this done, and you haven't got money in. So, if financial concern is a concern, well, there you go. Self publishing can seem intimidating, but with the right support, can be a great option. Don't let the fear of learning about the industry dissuade you from considering self publishing your book. Remember, either way, you will do the marketing. So, you also want to keep in mind I said these are not the other options. There are guided self-publishers who will direct you and help you hire. They're basically project manager book for a fee. And it's not crazy expensive. I've seen it done for $2,500. So um, you can get help and guidance without having to have a publisher. Or you can, um, you can take classes. There's education available. People like Caitlin teach how to do editing. You can hire people yourself. Um, But there are also, in between straight self and indie and the traditional publishers, there's many small publishing houses or people who can guide you through this. And you're going to have to find the right fit for yourself. One of the best ways I have found to figure out who you want to work with is to ask people you know who have already written a book. Who did you write with? Did you use a publisher? Did you not use a publisher? How was your experience? Did you enjoy it? Was it good? Did you get good results? Um, I've asked several of my friends who've worked with various publishers and some were great experience. Some was bad experience. Sometimes they said, well, it, it didn't really feel that different to me than self-publishing. Um, however, my books that are with that publisher are still outselling my self-published books. And some other people were saying, well, you know, my this particular publisher, it didn't uh, they didn't put any time or effort into it. They just sat there and I can't do anything and it's really frustrating. So the individual publisher matters. It's not just, oh, is it publisher or not a publisher? So you need to find a a relationship that works for you. It needs to be a win for you. It needs to be a win for the publisher. They're not going to say yes to you. And it needs to be a win for your audience. So there's lots of things you can do here. Um, The particular publisher that I'm speaking with uh, was an introduction. A friend of mine said, oh, hey, you'd be a good fit. Let me introduce you. Had the talk, sent the outline. They said, oh, this is great. Send us chapter. So Introduction, like ask around. Ask people you know and you trust what they did, what their experience was, and whether they'd recommend it for you because that way you have somebody that you know telling you their experience. Um, I mean, I trust people I know who are my friends more than some random um, person on the internet because they're my friends. They also help them to be authors. If you don't have authors who are friends, jump into our Facebook group and ask your questions because, you know, Caitlin's in there and she works in the book industry. And I have plenty of friends who have uh, experience. So if you're saying I'm considering a particular publisher, do you know anyone who's published there? Well, we can ask. We can ask. Um, and we're never going to hop on the air and tell you, um, not if I'm working with a publisher, I'll tell you my publisher once there's a deal because I don't keep secrets like that, but we're never going to hop on the air and uh, bash somebody or tell you not to go work with somebody. So, because uh, that's we don't like that. Um, the other one thing to watch out for is there is such a thing as a vanity press, and people who ask for large sums of money to publish your book, and you end up losing your rights, and you've spent um, basically you know tons of money for something you could have got for a tenth of the cost, and Honestly, some of these companies, if they were providing the like top level service and you were getting the absolute best of everything and it was worth the money they were asking, I would not have a problem with that business model. However, a lot of the ones that are asking for multiple tens of thousands of dollars are, I feel like preying upon people's need to be with a publisher, but they're not providing the quality that justifies the price point in my opinion. I know people who have taken that route and they're perfectly pleased. They're pleased as punch and good for them. But I don't feel as a marketer when I can market better than that for less. I don't see the value. And there are some outright scams as well. Some people will take your money and give you nothing. So do your research. Ask ahead. Find out from people you know because testimonials, we love them, we use them, but they can be faked online. So we have got to be savvy consumers and protect ourselves. You're listening to The Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pensitencio. I'm sharing with you how to decide whether you should traditionally publish or self-publish your book. We will hear from special guest, Andrea DeLeon, after this word from our sponsors.
3: I'm Tanya Hansen, CNBC. Stocks are mixed. The Dow is down 13. The S&P is up 5. The NASDAQ is up 15. The ACLU is calling on Amazon to stop marketing a facial recognition tool to police over concerns about government surveillance. Privacy advocates say law enforcement could use the technology to build a system that would automate the identification and tracking of anyone. Shares of Ford, GM, and Fiat Chrysler are climbing after China said it would lower tariffs to 15% from 25 percent. China is a big market for the automakers. GM sold more than four million cars in China last year. Ford sold more than a million. Consumer Reports zaps Tesla. The magazine is not recommending the Model 3. It says the sedan brakes slower than a full-size pickup truck and has difficult controls. Tesla boss Elon Musk calls the review strange. He acknowledges there is a braking issue, but he promises a fix. Tesla shares are falling. Tanya Hansen, cnb6.com.
0: It's the granddaddy of them all. The 2018 Western Conservative Summit with a stellar lineup of speakers, including Diamond and Silk, former presidential advisor Ed Meese, commentator and NRA spokesperson Dana Lash, and just added United States Attorney General Jeff Sessions. It's the largest gathering of conservatives outside of the Beltway. June 8th at the Colorado Convention Center, 710 KNUS presents the 2018 Western Conservative Summit. Get your ticket at 710KNUS.com. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities. Not available in all states, results may vary. Guarantees rely on the claims paying ability of the insurer. Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer.
3: If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity, what you don't know may hurt you. I'm Josh Melberg, founder and CEO of JD Melberg Financial. My company has raised over $2 billion in annuities, and when it comes to helping you maximize your retirement income, I've literally written a book on it, and it's called Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. And today, it's yours free. In this revealing book, I explain little known truths about annuity strategies in simple terms and unlock five secrets you should know before buying an annuity. Want to earn up to 33% more for life? Guaranteed? It's all in my new book and it's yours free. Call now and I'll also give you a second book, The Number One Mistake Retirers Are Making in the Stock Market, and my free DVD showing you how not to run out of money in retirement. If you have a hundred thousand or more, even if it's in a 401k or an IRA, call now. Call
0: 800-732-1515. 800-732-1515. That's 800-732-1515. Since the S&P 500 peaked on January 26th, the index has lost more than $3 trillion in value. The Dow Jones decreased by more than 13% in just a few days. My name is Dave Anthony, Certified Financial Planner and President of Anthony Capital, LLC. I'd like to tell you about some fixed investment payouts with targeted double-digit returns that may be appropriate for your portfolio. Text the word INCOME to 313131. Text INCOME to 313131. Text INCOME to 313131. Find out more about targeted double-digit returns. We now return to The Social Savvy Geek, Laura Pence-Atencio, on KDMT, Denver's Money Talk, 1690 AM.
1: You're listening to The Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura pence Find out more about me at socialsavvygeek.com. We're here with Andrea DeLeon talking about personal transformation. At the age of 18, Andrea was a ward of the state of Colorado and aged out of foster care where she'd been placed since the age of 12. By this time, she's experienced three different adoption life events, had been known by three different legal names, and had moved an estimated 50 times. In spite of a difficult start to life, she went on to become a successful and highly sought after information technology professional, manifested a loving and blossoming marriage going on 20 years, built a joyous family, and found a way to attract everything she ever wanted in life with ease. Now she shares her secrets to finding success and joy after trauma. Life doesn't have to be hard. You can have everything you want and hear your soul to unlock your future. Thanks for joining us today, Andrea.
4: Thanks for having me, Laura. I'm happy to be here.
1: You're so welcome. It doesn't say in your bio, but I find it to be a fact that you give among the best hugs I've ever had in my life. Thank you. (laughs) You're absolutely welcome. So I'm going to lead off with what do you know now that you wish someone had taught you earlier? What do you wish you had known sooner in life?
4: Yeah, so... I wish that I had known earlier in life how to heal at an emotional level, that mm-hmm. I didn't have to spend so much time struggling and working so hard to overcome all of the things that had happened to me.
1: Right. And now you obviously had a lot of stuff pile on you early, but not only have you learned to to deal with that or not to deal with it as you want, but now you're helping other people to get over what's happened to them. So tell us, how how does that work? How do you help?
4: Yeah. Uh, so I use, I use a couple different energy healing modalities, mm-hmm. and really what I like to work with people on is um, there's a lot of people that have gone through th- therapy, so we've done with some mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, we do nutritional health, so we do exercise and dieting and that kind of stuff, um, and I focus on the kind of energy and emotional side of people's lives, mm-hmm. and what people don't realize is that when you have negative life experiences your body actually creates the vibration of emotions. Mm-hmm. And when those experiences happen and they're not so favorable, uh, those emotions actually get trapped as energy in our body. So as we grow up in life, it's not the memories of the past that tend to bother us. It's the emotions of those memories. That makes That sense. continue to replace, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So you can go to a restaurant and eat out. Or you can go to the post office. I mean you do a lot of things in your life every day and you look back and you're like, Oh, I went to this restaurant last week. Well, if it wasn't a fabulous experience or a horrible experience, you kind of just have the memory that you went there. Right. But it's it's the events in our lives that create really great emotions and really crappy emotions that seem to stick with us.
1: That's that's true.
4: It's yeah, you know, the <laughs> highs and the
1: lows stick out, but the middle stuff just kind of blends together.
4: Right, right. And so the challenge is, though, is that the lows tend to stick with us in a way that start to create interference
2: hmm. in
4: our ability to have self-confidence, to have compassion and forgiveness for ourselves, hmm. and then we start doubting ourselves, and that's where we start not trusting ourselves, not making good decisions, and that energy actually we're broadcasting that energy, so it really has an impact on the type of people we attract into our lives, mm-hmm. the type of careers we have, right. Um, You know, we may think that we want to accomplish this goal, but inside we're feeling really insecure about it. And Mm -hmm. so that energy of insecurity is actually out there leading the way, not making that goal super easy to accomplish. Mm -hmm.
1: And then people around you can read that subconsciously or consciously, depending on who they are. And you're not going to choose to work with someone who's insecure about what they're presenting to you. So that's.
4: Absolutely. You've probably been in a room and somebody sat next to you and you're like, ooh, something weird is going on there, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes there's people and the words that are coming out of their mouth do not match. And I'm like, you're saying one thing, but that's not what I'm getting from you, and I'm going to go away now.
4: (laughs) Right, exactly. But we don't, we don't. There's not a lot of open conversations about that, Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of awareness about that and why. Right. Um, If you, you know, think about it in your house when you grew up, what was the conversation around your feelings when you were little?
1: Oh, I am lucky to have been blessed with fantastic parents and and a mother who just set me up for success on that route. So our conversation was amazing but I awesome. know that that's not necessarily normal
4: <laughs> right so, so many people didn't mm-hmm. get that right and so now as adults we don't even know how to manage our emotions because we've mm-hmm. never even been allowed to discuss them or embrace right. them especially if there were big secrets going on in the house
1: yeah exactly and my mother is a nurturer and actually she now cares for my daughter um, as her daycare provider I moved 1600 miles across the country so that my daughter could be in the presence of my mother daily. (laughs) Awesome. Yes, I was like, (laughs) "Um, that was kind of foundational in a good way for me. And I was like, we need more of that. So we moved here. But now you help people. And that's not to say my life is trauma-free. It is not. It's just not parental.
4: (laughs) No, it's not. It's not parental. It can happen from bad boyfriends.
1: Oh, I've had plenty Um, of those.
4: (laughs) Right? So we have... We have bad personal relationships at work with boyfriends, with spouses, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Those leave emotional scars, and there, there's actually some very specific targeted energetic work that can happen to mm-hmm. release those from our body and from our energetic field and, the, and allow, our, our, allow our body, mind, body, and spirit to actually heal through that mm-hmm. and keep us moving forward very, you know, very easily and gracefully. I mean, the human the human body is is designed to be a self healing machine. Yes, like it's a fabulous computer system. It, it, right. It it has energy. It has memory. Right. But um, it, but we have programs, mm-hmm. and we often forget to dump our programs that don't fit us anymore or outdated. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times that's where some of that um, energetic I call it our emotional baggage, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. so. You know, you've met, you know, maybe you've met people like you've met somebody you've wanted to date and you're like, whoa, you have all kinds of emotional baggage you're carrying around with you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's that process of of tapping into that and giving that emotional baggage permission to go away from us. (laughs) We don't need (laughs) you to stay here anymore. You're not serving me. It's not helping me for a while. You know, initially when we come through some of those uncomfortable and and not so positive experiences, Mm -hmm. that emotion is actually a great protector for us. It tells us something's not okay, right? Mm -hmm. And and so it serves a purpose. But then it needs to go away and it doesn't need to stay because we've matured, we've grown, we've learned from it. Um, But when it's still stuck there, it's kind of like creating interference in your radio station. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't want that. (laughs) <laughs> and we, don't want that. we want a clear signal so we can clearly say, yes, I want this. No, I don't want that. And have the confidence uh, to do that easily without struggle and fighting. We have those inner turmoil battles that it's like, I really feel like this is not good, but I logically can't come up with the reason why, why so I'm mm-hmm. going to let my logic win. Right. Then we do something and we get involved in a situation later on and we're like, I knew it was a bad situation or I knew I should not have done this. I didn't trust mm-hmm. myself, right? So we live in a world where information, we're inundated with information and black and white and social media and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so our logic is playing a significant part in our life. And we forget that there is um, a sensing and a feeling aspect to us that really probably knows more than our logic.
1: Right. And so when we're releasing our emotional baggage, that doesn't mean we're forgetting or releasing the wisdom of what we learned. It's just like that visceral, emotional reaction that's not serving anymore. Correct. Okay. I'm like, if I'm hearing you
4: correctly. (laughs) Yeah. No, you'll have the memories, but we're going to release those negative emotions about those memories. So now you could maybe see that situation differently. You might have a different perspective on it. You might see that somebody that caused you pain actually was in so much pain themselves that they didn't know any other way.
1: Right. And Um, it doesn't
4: make what they did okay but when you hear about people who can forgive those who have really done the most heinous crimes
3: mm-hmm.
1: against
4: them, so they're really very emotionally evolved people, sure because they see beyond their pain, probably see beyond that other person's pain um, and can find a place of forgiveness for everyone
1: Absolutely. and that's a
4: really um, that's that's where pure love comes from so um, I actually I tell people I'm an expert in healing broken hearts. heart. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> And it's my, that's probably why I give really good love. Um, yeah, you give such hugs. good hugs. The hugs are amazing
1: because <laughs> you can tell that it's legitimate. Well, now you are sharing this wealth of knowledge and you've participated in a book project. And can you tell us real quick, because we're running short on time, um, yes. why you chose to participate in a multi-author book?
4: Yes. So I wanted to write my story, but it was the first time I was being very public about my story. I kept mm-hmm. it very private for a very long time. And so, um, it just felt really overwhelming to try and do the whole writing of the story Mm in a whole book and then the publishing and all that kind of, it just really felt overwhelming. And when this opportunity presented and all I had to do was focus on my story and not even all of it, just whatever piece I wanted to share. Um, it kind of gave me that freedom to just focus on the writing piece and go through some healing in that process and then let somebody else do the heavy lifting of publishing and making all those other decisions. Mm Um, So otherwise, I think it might have been maybe even longer before I let my story out. Well, I'm glad you let it
1: out because it's beautiful. And you're beautiful. And that makes perfect sense. You're welcome. (laughs) So
4: tell us where we can find out more about you. Yeah, you you can find more about me at Mm -hmm. andreadeleon.com. You can find me at Facebook. My Facebook page is Andrea M. DeLeon.
1: Okay. People are definitely going to want to learn more about you. I will link to your site and your book from our show notes so that everybody can find you with these and awesome. Thank you. You're you so welcome. Thank you for joining us, Andrea. You're listening to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura pence Grab your free goodies from our show at socialsavvygeek.com forward slash podcast. Stay tuned. I'll zero in on the questions you should ask yourself to decide how to publish your book when we get back from this break.
2: As an entrepreneur, how does this sound to you? Learn how to make your marketing work for you without becoming a slave to your business, even if you don't have a big list. Does this sound like crazy talk? Because it doesn't have to be. This is how marketing is supposed to work. With a proven plan and systems that work, you can make your marketing a powerful, unstoppable force. Monica Miller of Monica Rights and Laura Pence Atencio of Social Savvy Geek have combined their genius to bring you marketing that converts. Simple, proven systems that can make the difference between scrambling to find your next client and a thriving business with sold-out events, wait lists for private coaching, and online program sales that used to be out of reach. Visit marketingthatconverts.online to find out more. That's marketingthatconverts.online to learn more. Visit marketingthatconverts.online to find out more. That's marketingthatconverts.online to learn more.
0: Looking for adult education classes, workshops, and seminars in Denver? Colorado Free University offers a wide array of adult education classes in the Denver metro area. Their programs include Spanish lessons and classes and other foreign language classes, CompU skills computer training classes, as well as arts and crafts classes, dance classes, writing classes, career and business classes and seminars, classes in personal growth and development, performing arts workshops, special events, and much more. They recognize that many Many of the folks who take classes at CFU are small business owners or aspiring entrepreneurs. An area of focus in their programming is putting together a great selection of social media training and online marketing. These days, you can't do business without learning at least a little about using social media and other online marketing tools for your business. Get more information at freeu.com. That's freeu.com. That's free the letter u.com. Now, back to the Social Savvy Geek, Laura Pensatensio on KDMT, Denver's Money Talk, 1690 AM.
1: You're listening to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pensatensio. Find out more about me at socialsavvygeek.com. We're talking about how to decide whether traditional or self-publishing is right for you. So far, we've covered the pros and cons of traditional and self-publishing, Now it's time to ask yourself the hard questions to decide which route you should take. First, write down your values as an author. What do you want your book to do for your readers? What do you want your book to do for you? What do you envision when your book is published? A banquet, more speaking engagements, sales? What do you see for yourself? Now ask yourself which publishing option best aligns with your values? Do more research. How much will your book cost to self-publish? How likely are you to get picked up by a traditional publisher? Start pursuing your chosen publishing route. Write your query letter or proposal. Look into cover designers and editors. If one way doesn't work, try the other. So there are lots of cases of people wanting to be traditionally, traditionally published getting rejections and pushing through and getting published also not pushing through and going to self-publishing and then lo and behold some of the people who were told no and self published then are offered a deal by a publisher so the key here is do not give up if you know that you need to publish your book then publish your book if you need to be if you feel like you need to be uh, traditionally published try that and if you get no's then do it self-publishing and try again Um, but self-publishing is always there for you just as a so basically there's no way somebody can keep you from publishing anymore there's there's nobody who can tell you not to do your book i mean they can tell you but they can't stop you you are in full control so just keep that in mind for the long haul before you settle on a publishing method write your book if you don't get your book written, you won't have anything to show a publisher to get edited or to sell. Um, once you at least have your first draft, you have a better idea of whether traditional or self-publishing pros outweigh the cons for you. And again, we're in a lucky time. We are lucky, lucky people because it used to be you either got someone to publish your book or it did not get published. I mean, unless you had your own printing press, people didn't have their own printing press. now. You can publish online and there is nobody who can stop you from doing that as long as what you're publishing is, you know, not obscene, <laughs> in which case you're probably not listening to my show anyway. So the the point of that is go, do it, don't let, don't obsess over whether it needs to be traditional or self-publishing, write your book, then do it. it you know, just don't let anybody tell you no. As long as you keep going, you will get your book. You're listening to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pensatensio. Find out more about me at socialsavvygeek.com. We're talking about deciding whether you should traditionally or self-publish. And now it's time for questions and answers with Caitlin.
5: Hi, Caitlin. Hi. (laughs) All right. Am I on? Okay. Do you know of any good resources on how I can write a proposal letter to a traditional publisher? I don't. Do you? Um, there are (laughs) books about this. So if you just type that into Google, you'll get some
4: awesome
5: resources, but do look into it because there's a very specific format and if you don't fit that, they'll automatically reject you.
4: Good
1: to know. Because as I said, I was going to self publish, but then I was introduced directly to a person who spoke to me because of my relationships with well-known influencers. And so I have not done that. Yeah. It's good that you're here. Yep. Yeah, and I'm not afraid to tell people I don't know. If I don't know, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know, and I'm glad you know. So rock on with you. What's the next question?
5: I get that I may need to hire out a book cover designer or even hire an editor to read over my book, but funds are limited. What can I do?
1: Ooh, ooh, I know this one. <laughs> so I listened to um Summer Book Show and also uh, the Self-Publishing Formula, which are amazing podcasts mm-hmm. about self-publishing online. Um, they talk about on Self-Publishing Formula, uh resources where you can get pre-made kind of templates uh for a very affordable price and some of them are really really good they've got recommendations of people you can use so i would say listen to them get those recommendations check out their website because they only use quality people um and i what some people have done is taken one of the pre made used it and then re-release the book later with a more expensive cover if that one wasn't just quite right but really the ones they have are super good to start with. Also, there's local designers and some of the local designers aren't as a, as expensive as you think. I've had um, a designer do some of my clients uh, cover work for a lot less than I thought they should have charged. Let's just say that. So it's not as expensive as you think it is if you find the right
5: designer and I mean good designers, good ones. So. I would also add, whenever you have that issue, Mm -hmm. look for people who are just getting out of college, are really good at what they do, but need testimonials. They don't have a portfolio, so you can you can get stuff exactly. Good point. What's the next one? Um, Can I make money before releasing my book, like while I am still writing it, when I'm going the self-publishing route? Of course you can.
1: We're doing ninety-day funnels here, so you can pre-sell. You can do pre-orders, you can have it uh, connected to another product or something else and um, be selling that. You can have online um, like webinars and master classes and you can always do a paid version of those. So there are tons of ways that you can be making money while you're writing your book. Even from the book you can pre-sell it, so yes, yes you can,
5: good, (laughs) yes. Why can't I just edit and design my book myself? Ooh, that's a bad plan. Okay, so to be clear, guys,
1: I edit other people's books. I have, like I've been paid to edit because I'm really good at it. I can't edit my own stuff. My brain automatically corrects my words so that they look the way that I think they should look because our brain's tricky like that. So you need outside eye. Um, I have Caitlin edit my stuff all the time because... I can't edit my own thing. So even if you're an editor, you need an editor for yourself because you need a second eye. And then now cover design. I mean, if you went to school for art and you're a cover designer, you could do your own cover, but you need to have someone else look at it and make sure that you didn't do any mistakes. But unless you're actually a cover designer, you shouldn't do your own cover because guess what? It looks like you did your own cover. I mean, I went to Virginia Commonwealth University for art, for art people I'm not designing my own cover because you need, there's knowledge as well as skill. So just because I could doesn't mean I should. I didn't pursue that as my, as my job and the cover designer that I know and use, she has knowledge. She knows what needs to go where and what way, what's going to sell the best and makes it, my book fit into my genre without Look, like you want to stand out just enough that people see it, but you want it to look like they expect it to look. Because if you, for example, released a Star Wars novel that looks like a romance novel, I'm not buying it because I passed it by because that looks weird. I mean, I want to see X-Wings and TIE Fighters on the cover. You know, there's an expectation that needs to be met. And unless this is your job, you're probably not going to do as good of a job. I mean, I'll give it 99.9% chance you're not going to do as good of a job as you could buy, and you'll end up costing you more sal- yourself sales and money in the long run. So that's a very long way of saying, please don't do that.
5: <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, why aren't the only people who self-publish people who traditional... Oh, sorry. Let me start that again. Aren't the only people who self-publish people who traditional publishers rejected? Oh, no way. Uh, uh-uh. Not anymore.
1: There are so many people who just skipped publishing altogether. They're like, you know what, I don't have time for that. I don't want to deal with that. It's not for me. And they go straight to self publishing. And there used to be a little bit of the, you know, hoity toity, behogity death syndrome, as they call it on self publishing, or no, on Selma Brooks show. Um, They're very funny. But they, um, it's not a stigma anymore, uh, unless you're in very certain circles. And if you're in those circles, then you have to decide for yourself whether that matters to you. Um, But times they are changing. Now, it is a perfectly legitimate choice to say, you know what, I'm really good at marketing, and I have my own audience, and I want to keep my own money, and I want to be in control of this, which is why I was completely looking at self-publishing for myself first, um, but then I was introduced to a particular publisher who is awesome and works in such a way that There's a lot of the pros and not as many of the cons. And I'm like, yeah, I'm open. I'm totally considering that. That sounds like a super fun experience. But no, that's not true anymore. Do people even buy print books anymore? Sure they do. I do. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, I read mostly on my iPad. um, But, however, I don't take my iPad onto the beach. I can, but then who's going to watch it when I'm in the water? That's annoying. So, And I have uh, books like for the bathtub, like, yeah, print books are still a thing, and there I have friends who don't have e-readers. They don't like them, and they want the feel and the smell and the visceral experience of turning the pages. And I actually do both. So,
5: yes, people buy books. I would also add, um, kids, including teenagers, prefer print books because oh. they use a screen for every other aspect of their yeah,
1: life. Yeah, I buy I buy tons of books for my daughter. Mm-hmm. She's about to be five, and I don't. <laughs> I don't buy, I don't buy uh, e-books for Brenna and she doesn't like them.
5: Yeah, kids don't. No, 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 no,
1: no, no, it's not good. And pop-up books, they don't really work in e-format. <laughs> True. <laughs> it's no good. So are there more questions? Um, what is a platform and why do I need one? Oh, that's hilarious. That's a good question. Okay, so when I say we're building your platform, platform is traditionally a raised service from which you speak. So platform online is where we create a place for you for, like, to be seen from from which to be seen. So it's Facebook, it's it's your online presence. It's your website, your hub, where people come so that you can influence them. So the platform is literally building yourself a stage from which to speak. So if you think about that in your head, you'll get kind of an idea of we're raising you up so that people can see you and find you. That's what a platform is.
5: I think that's a good one to end on.
1: Okay, we'll stop there. Now we're going to go straight into uh, announcements because I like them and they're fun. Social Media Day Denver has an amazing lineup of speakers ready to share their social media knowledge with you. It always feels self-serving when I say that because I'm one of these awesome speakers, but it's true. It's going to be so, so amazing. You definitely want to come out. Tickets are available now at socialmediadaydenver.com. Sponsorship opportunities are still available. They're pretty much always available because there are things that are needed in events. And we're always open to creative ideas. So if you have one, contact Erin Sell at socialmediadaydenver.com for details. We would love, again, to thank our sponsor, Infusionsoft. We love Infusionsoft. The more I learn and the more I get into their software and marketing automation, CRM, email service provider, like they've got all the goodies right in one place. And I'm loving it. I'm like, this is the best thing since sliced bread. And I am excited to help you understand how it could best serve your business so you can bring in more clients for yourself in a very systematic and affordable way. Super fun. So thank you to Infusionsoft for that. So join us next time as we talk about how to get your book written. We're spending all this time talking about how to market your book. Well, first, you got to write this thing. So we're going to give you some actual practical tips on how to get the book out of your head and onto paper. And yes, we mean like physical paper. I mean, you can type, but yes, people still buy the print books. (laughs) So our question for you right now, answer me in the Social Savvy Geek Show Insiders Facebook group on Facebook. I'm, I'm the Department of Redundancy department today. Which publishing method are you leaning toward and why? So Social Savvy Geek Show Insiders group on Facebook which publishing method are you leaning towards and why and again no judgment there's no right or wrong answer they're they're all right answers it's what works for you so i'm super curious though which way are you going uh and and why is it important to you thanks for joining me today on the social savvy geek show i appreciate you until next time join our conversation online savvy